Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Kayla McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Pastor Dwayne, thank you for coming on. Pastor Caleb, such an honor to be with you, man, and and such an absolute privilege to represent Apostle Ron and Pastor Hope, two of the greatest leaders has, I mean, generational Mm. leaders, gifts, who have changed the trajectory of so many lives. It's such an honor to steward Redemption Fellowship and Pastor, some of the most incredible leaders in the kingdom, man. And uh, man, I'm so excited for this. For me, honestly, I came out of a pretty rough place, man. You talked about how I came to Christ. We weren't raised in church. We started to go to church when I was probably about 11 or 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the memories that's really been branded into my heart, to be honest with you, man, because that first Sunday, I remember sitting there going, what are we doing? What is this about? I'm a young man. We really didn't have this. We there. I have five siblings and oh, so wow. it's three boys and three girls. It goes girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy. Oh, wow. and, and so my mom was really the main uh, spiritual connector of the family. So she would literally you know, on Sunday mornings when we finally started going to church, she would grab the bunch of us, man, like the Brady Bunch, throw us into the van and bring us to the house of God. And I remember uh, this one Sunday, man, like it was yesterday. Uh, my pastor is preaching. He's up there on fire. We're at a small storefront at this time with maybe 100, 120 people. And I'm sitting in the furthest back row. I'm a young man, don't know what any of this about. And this man jumps on the front row and just starts preaching. God has a purpose for your life. God has a plan for your life. Now, now, Pastor Caleb, some people may come from backgrounds where they're a little more rooted in the things of God. And, and so like words like purpose and destiny, which we can throw around a lot now, yeah. uh, that was rare to me. Yeah, that, yeah. that was literally the first time in my life I'd ever heard the word purpose and, and particularly heard that God had one for me. Wow. And I remember my mom actually told me this on her deathbed as she was transitioning into glory. Mm. She said, you know, you know, son, the reason why we stayed at that church is because that day you looked me in my eyes as we walked out the door and you said, mom, I want to stay at this church. I found out God has a purpose for me. Now, I don't remember that, but that was so God was rooting himself divinely into my young spirit, though I had no idea what he was doing. And uh, man, like many people, you know, you started coming to church, you started learning some things, but I went far astray. Mm. I went way far astray, man. And it probably wasn't until 19 uh, where I I really, I should have died. Mm. I'll say this really quickly, man. I was coming home from a party. I was doing stuff I had no business doing, man, drinking and all Mm. kinds of stuff. I was a mess. I have two particular memories of that night. And one is me and my friend are in my old Plymouth Breeze, man, this 2000 (laughs) Plymouth Breeze, (laughs) this little white car. We're driving down the road in the middle of the night, 1, 2 a.m. in the morning. And I remember with my left hand trying to steer one side of the steering wheel and my friend in the passenger seat having to reach over and with his left hand try to steer the other side. We were so wasted. We couldn't see straight. And all I remember is hitting two or three stop signs. And I hit this one. And I remember opening the car and just hurling, man, throwing up. And I have no idea. But the next memory I have is waking up in my apartment somehow by the grace of God. 
in a pool of my own vomit, to be quite mm. honest. Can we just be? Yeah, be, be real. Yeah, be okay. real. <laughs> uh, man, just wake. And I'm going, you know, what in the world? But I had literally a prodigal son moment. And, and for wow. maybe listeners who don't know what that is, I was in the proverbial pig pen. And I, I literally, the Bible says he came to himself. Yeah. He was the lowest he had ever been. He ran through his inheritance. He was an absolute mess. And I remember waking up, wiping myself clean, just with my hands and going, I'm done with this life. Come on. And I, I got up and, and something shifted in my heart. And I said, you know what? It's better on the other side. And I walked into my living room and my friend is sprawled out on the couch. I mean, sprawled out, head back, wide, mouth open, tug hanging. And I smacked him in his in his face really on his head and I, he snapped out of this coma and i said uh, i said man from this day forward i'm following jesus if you're coming we can hang out if not i'm done i took him home i went to the bedroom of my basement at my mom's house because i had moved out at 18 my mom kept my house my room in place and had a bible sitting right on the counter next to my bed mm. i walk down them stairs i sneak in the house so nobody can see me I get on my bed and I mean, I start weeping profoundly wow. Wow. and I'll, I'll close this, this out with this, these three little things. I grab my Bible. I'm weeping. I'm bawling pastor. And I said, Lord, if you show me why I'm here, I'll give you the rest of my life. Because you see, for me, for me, pastor Caleb, I never, I don't play with stuff, man. I mean, when yeah. I was in the world, if I'm in it, yeah. I'm in it. Right, I'm not right. halfway with anything. Right. So for me, it might take me a while to make a decision because I know when I'm committed, I'm committed. If mm. I'm loyal, I'm in. So when I hooped, right. I hooped. Like that's right. all I did. Right. Yeah. If we dated, we dated. Like yeah. I wasn't with a bunch of people. That's what I did. Right. And so for God, I said, if you show me why I'm here, I'll give you the rest of my life. And, I, and I'll close it with this. I opened up my Bible. Hadn't read my Bible since I was 12, man. <laughs> opened up my Bible and it flipped to this place. And it was Jeremiah saying, I know the plans I have for you. I, oh and I'm God. weeping, man. I mean, I'm snotting. I got the ugly cry, bro. <laughs> I got the ugly cry, man. And I'm weeping. And I said, I said, okay. And it's like, it's like the Lord highlighted that scripture to me. And, and so I said, I said, Lord, okay, I'm crying. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sense of this. And I said, okay, Lord, you know the plans, but I need to know. What do right. I do? How yeah. do I find them? Mm. I felt prompted to flip my Bible again. I flipped it again. I had no idea what I was doing. And it landed on Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added Come to on. Yeah. So I Come said, on. I said, okay, Lord, I find my purpose by seeking the kingdom. I said, but how do I do that? I've never learned. I don't know how to do it. And I'm balling, man. <laughs> yeah. I flipped it again and it goes to Solomon and it says, Solomon prayed for wisdom. Come on. And I said, okay, Lord, give me All wisdom. Right. <laughs> I said, give me wisdom. And literally, bro, that sparked my radical transformation. I mean, I got wow. up from that bed entirely different, man. Wow. Wow. Come on. How do you not get saved after that? My I know, right? Right, 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 like, right? The three steps, Lord. I, that there's 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 a purpose in that number there, yeah. right? Too. I mean, with the number three, three times you seek in the scriptures and you get three answers wow. immediately, and you walk with God from that day forward. And you My know what's crazy goodness. about that, Pastor? Honestly, yeah. what's crazy about that is that became the foundation really of our identity yeah. and of our ministry. Literally, wow. if you ask me, what are the things that God really helps us move in? It would literally be purpose, 
the kingdom. So the assignment of God, the kingdom of God, and the wisdom of God. It, it's like he was just unraveling all wow. this mess because, man, God has the ability in one moment Come on. to unravel an entire lifetime yeah. Yeah. of pain, of yeah. mess. And yeah. somebody might be listening, thinking, you know, I, I'm, I'm too deep rooted in my addictions, in my mm -hmm. problems, in my issues. How, no, come on. God can't do that in my life. But mm -hmm. literally one moment in the presence of Jesus can change everything. everything. Absolutely everything. everything. Wow. That's so, so good, man. Yeah. I tell our, our students all the time that, you know, uh, a lot of our listeners, you know, they come from a background of addiction or in recovery or their parents who have kids and addiction and recovery and all of this stuff. And I always tell our students at the program there, you know, cause it's like, well, why do we go to church so much? It's like, we in revivals where Wednesday night, <laughs> Tuesday night, you know, yep. Bible study, we got devotions every morning and every evening. And the answer is always real simple. What the Holy spirit can do in your life in one moment. Come on, I, man. I couldn't do in 10 years of a discipleship program. Come on, man. So if I put you in an environment where the Holy ghost is, and he has an encounter with you. He can change your heart and your mind and your spirit. Come on. And man. now we go through the process of renewing your mind. And if you do those two things, you yeah. are unstoppable for the kingdom of God. And yeah. God will put a purpose on your life. And um, it's just it's just incredible. Thank you for sharing that, man. I mean, what a, what a just, powerful. You're just unlocking stuff, man. Look, yeah. I, I know we're about to get off script. <laughs> but I, when you said that, it reminded me of this reality. In the kingdom, there are keys that help us transform Come literally on. anything in our life, bro. Come anything on. in our life. Come and on. one of the powerful things you said is the law of environment, the law of yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. For every condition, there's an atmosphere that sustains it. For every situation, there's an environment that sustains it. And one of the greatest ways to get transformation is to be snatched from the atmosphere that sustains your past. Come on. Come on. And planted in an atmosphere that can sustain your destiny. Come on. And that's, that's why so a lot good. of times, you know, I had to make the bold decision. You might, you might say, well, why did you leave home sliced there on the couch? And like, <laughs> listen, today you got to make the decision. Well, the truth of the matter, yeah. I didn't have it in me in terms of like, I couldn't articulate it. I couldn't yeah, explain right, it. Right, right. But I knew I had to be detoxed. Yeah. From all of that mess. Right. And I had right. to I had to be radically ripped from the atmosphere that sustained my depression, my mm. condition, mm. my use and misuse and abuse, and be planted in a place that could unlock the potential and the destiny that is on the inside of us, man. So you're bringing them to the house of God. Mm. They're getting exposure. Whenever God yeah. wants something, he speaks to the thing that holds it. And Shoo. commands it to give it come up. Come on, come on. So he wants the fish. And the Bible says he speaks to the water. Let the That's water it. bring forth fish. That's it. He wants, he wants birds. He speaks to the air. Let the air bring. Because there's something about that atmosphere that sustains its destiny. Man, listen, Shoo. we can go off on tangents, man. But that is it's a powerful it. key yes. to yes. transformation yes. really in yeah. anything in our life. Yeah, sometimes in in Christianity and Christian circles, just in in life in general, we complicate things way yeah. too much. And you yeah. start talking about environments and atmospheres that things were actually created for, and us getting to those places. It's it's so life changing. And if yeah. our listeners listeners today grab a hold of this, you know, yeah. um, you you want your situation to change. Maybe you need to look at the environment that you are standing in. That's so good. Um, yes, and, and if we can change the environment, change the temperature in the room, 
we can get to a place of producing fruit that we were always called to produce anyway. That's right. You know, and that's so right. that's such good stuff. So I, I want to let's go into so the tail end of this. You were you were with Joyce Myers Ministry for years there in yes, St. Sir. Louis, and then Absolutely. you know, Apostle had called, and and you felt the call to go. So yeah. so now you're you're leading the Redemption Fellowship, and this gets me into. Um, you know, our next question, our discussion question for today, because with what you're what you're doing, me and you understand this, you're operating in an apostolic anointing. T- talk to our listeners a little bit about yeah. what is the office of the apostle and the apostolic anointing? Because when you start throwing those words around, so oh, many people, they'll freak out on you. They don't understand yes, it. It's like, oh, yes, the apostles sir. are done. Yes, um, but um when Paul is writing in Ephesians about the fivefold ministry, he names the apostles, right? And so uh, God raises up apostles. I think you can break it down for our listeners today to where they can actually hear and understand and and hear the the scriptures that that point to this, that this is alive and well for today. We need apostles. That's that's part of the problem why the fivefold ministry, I believe, is struggling is because we haven't raised up enough apostles or the apostles are not answering the call of God because it's heavy. Yeah, it it is heavy. That's right. Um, So, so talk to our listeners a little bit about that. Pastor Dwayne, you you talked about it being heavy. There's a scripture in acts that says uh, about acts chapter number four. So it says, and no man did dare join themselves with them. In other Mm -hmm. words, there was a level of reverence for the office. There was an honor for the office. There was Mm -hmm. a sense of appreciation and respect for the weight Mm -hmm. under which the apostolic anointing flows. Let let me say this for the listeners as we kind of unveil this. Let me just say this prophetically for somebody who might be walking through certain seasons in their life and might not have clarity or the ability to articulate why their steps are being ordered the way that they are. And I use that Mm. terminology for a reason, because God has a way as we walk in obedience to his assignment of ordering our steps, footprint on footprint in the will of God. And you talked about Joyce Meyer. We spent 10 years pastoring a church, Purpose Church in St. Louis, and had the honor of connecting uh, with Joyce Meyer Ministries there. In fact, when we moved to St. Louis, we had no idea that Joyce was even in the region. It really was a divine connection that allowed us to come on board and do some incredible things there with Joyce to train staff, uh, to begin to lead some of their partner care efforts and, and minister to so many um, you know, around the world. And it was an absolute blessing. But the truth of the matter is, Pastor, for, for a number of those times and seasons, you know, I would wonder why we would be certain places, you know, for example, again, I had no idea Joyce was even in St. Louis. So I would wonder, you know, why did you connect us? How long will you connect us? What is it about? And so on and so forth. But a lot of times we don't realize, or at least give the proper respect to the fact that God knows every place you need to take to prepare you for the place he's about to bring you. And we can get so destination focused Mm. that we lose the power of the process. And the Mm -hmm. truth is, Pastor, we can get frustrated and impatient because the process demands of us a level of patience because it's breaking Mm. us, it's training us, it's developing us. And one of the most powerful things it's doing is it's giving us exposure Uh, because I found out that we would value where we are more if we knew how to honor the reality that it holds the keys to my next level. 
Come on. That the next level is not just when God feels like opening a door. The next level is excavated from the level that I'm in. And so the prophet tells the prophet tells the king how to win the battle. He says, make this valley full of ditches. And he says, when you make this valley full of ditches, God's going to send the rain. Well, people want to see rain before they make room Ah, for rain. Come on. But but he said, you've got to excavate the rain from the dust of the present season. This place looks dry. It looks desolate. It looks unsuccessful and unfruitful. But when God sees us turning the soil in even a deserted place, Hmm. heavens open and start to pour into room we made prior to us showing up. I want to say this preparation is prophetic. Yeah. Preparation is prophetic. Absolutely. One of the best ways to get ready for what God is doing is to prepare. Come on. And we almost want to wait to see God do it before we get ourselves ready, but it's too late by then. Mm. So mm. you start talking about the apostolic, and that is a process as well. So a lot of times God will take mantles, gifts, capacities that he puts in the lives of leaders. And over time and through process and through stripes and through battles, he will begin to shape, form, and mold the the gift Mm. on the inside of a person. And so it takes time because with the apostolic and the responsibility of that office, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pains. You, you notice one of the major, major revelations of Paul was that we have to fellowship with him in his sufferings. Yes. You yes. know, there's something about that apostolic grace that has to walk through a level of suffering mm-hmm. that the typical even leader does not have to experience. Now, every believer has to walk through that, but there is a level of the stripes of Jesus mm-hmm. and the sufferings of Christ that apostolic gifts have to bear that a generation of people don't. And so that's why you can't just pop up and say, I'm an apostle, he's an apostle, she's an apostle, they're an apostle. Right. And right. so the respect for it is, is appropriate, but the religion around it tried to kill it. Mm. And what I believe one of the primary moves of God today is awakening the apostolic anointing in the body of Christ. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. He's stirring it up again. He's tearing the religious shrouds from it and trying to give us revelation of it. So when we start dealing with the apostolic, let me start here with, with the difference between apostolic and apostle. Okay. And so let me talk about this. The apostolic is an anointing. It is a spirit. It is a grace. It is a gift. There's a difference between the apostolic anointing and the apostolic spirit and Mm -hmm. the apostolic office. Right. Right. The gift that's on the inside of somebody. The same thing with the prophetic. There's a different thing. So God wants, when you read the book of Acts, the book of Acts is literally the acts of the apostles, but it is really the acts of the Holy Spirit. So it is acts carried out by the spirit through the apostolic grace. Come on. Because the word apostle in the Greek is the word sent one. It is Mm. apostolos. It is to be sent. It is an ambassador. It is one sent with a message or one commissioned as a royal delegate. And that's some kingdom terminology. Teach, man. So that's one commissioned as a royal delegate. Now watch this. So he he tells everybody, go and make disciples. Mm. Now that go and make disciples is actually an apostolic commission because that means I am sending you as and representatives of me to make disciplined ones in the world for the kingdom of God. So I say that to say this, the church by nature is apostolic. 
the church by nature is supposed to be representative right. of the king of kings. The church by nature are one sent with their mouth full with a heavenly message. Yeah. The church by nature are commissioned or have a co-mission, a mission aligned with Christ to advance the kingdom of God in the earth. So the church is apostolic by nature, but not everybody in the church is an apostle. Right. Does that make sense? Right, absolutely. So, so that apostolic spirit, watch this, is the pioneering, sending, and ambassadorial spirit. So, so Apostle Ron said something the other day that was fascinating. We were talking about the condition and the state of the body of Christ. Mm. And one of the things we dealt with is how our generation is so biblically illiterate. Mm. That a lot of our churches, mainstream and so on and so forth, without you know any particular names being called, but a lot of our churches are in what Ezekiel defined as ankle deep water. Absolutely right, and so yeah. they're they're very much performance driven and very little presence driven. Ah. And so you have a lot of celebrity, if you will, but you mm -hmm. have very little manifestation of the yep. glory and the power right. and the presence of God. It's right. very ankle deep water. But one mm -hmm. of the things we talked about was this. And one of the things he said that was so profound was one of the reasons why the church has had to be so evangelical in its actual Sunday morning and, and weekly gatherings right. is because the body has lost the responsibility of bearing witness throughout the week. So watch this. The truth of the matter is the Bible says the apostles, the prophets, and then the evangelists, pastors, and teachers are to equip the body for the work of the ministry. Right, right. So one of the reasons why our waters are ankle deep is because the pastor is having to do what the body should be doing. So the pastor has to constantly preach the fundamental of the gospel because the body is not doing it in the marketplace. Why? That is apostolic. Mm. It is apostolic to take what I'm receiving and then be sent into the market to transform it to the glory of Jesus. That's it. And so if the enemy robs us of an apostolic spirit, he keeps us stuck in our seats and inactive in the marketplace to expand and advance the kingdom of God. Come so on. the body of Christ is supposed to be apostolic, but the way to take that spirit off the people is to take the men and women of God who are called to the office out of the office to shame it, to make it religious, to mm. make it just a tradition or a denomination. So yeah. an apostle as an office is, an, is a literal, we call it an ascension gift. So mm -hmm. in Ephesians 4, when Jesus said, and, and I'll, uh, you're going to have to rein me in, brother, but let, oh, me, say, let me say <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, bro. In Ephesians 4, the Bible says he descended that he might ascend, ascend. right? Yes. So he had to descend first to ascend. And in his ascension, he says he took captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. Yes. Okay? That word gifts is the word doma. Okay, the other word gift in the Greek that is most commonly used, like in First Corinthians chapter number 12, when we talk about the gifts of the spirit, right. that word gift is charis or the root right. of charisma, right? Right, right. Yeah. So that word charis, the Bible says about charis, it says that all of the body has the manifestation of the spirit to every member to profit everybody. In other words, Every mm -hmm. member of the body can function in the charis gifts of God. Right. Every member of the body can function in the charisma, the gifts of the spirit, every member. Mm -hmm. But the Bible says about this in Ephesians 4, it's not the word charis, it's the word doma. It says he ascended and gave doma to men. 
Okay. That word doma is also where we get dominion. Mm. So when Christ led captivity captive, he reestablished dominion amongst men. Reestablished dominion in the Come earth. Come on. Come so on. The last Adam, which is Christ, did yes. what the first Adam didn't do. What the first Adam lost, the last yeah. Adam gained. Yes. The first yeah. Adam heard, let's have dominion. And he lost dominion by the bite of the serpent, the deception right. of the serpent. So Christ, the last Adam, had to destroy the serpent and then raise back up with the dominion <laughs> the first Adam lost. All right. I know this is theological, but let me land this practically. Come on. So he raises back up Christ as the kudios, which is the Greek word Lord. As Lord, he raises up as king of kings and lord of lords and says, here's dominion again. Come on. But watch how he does it. He says your dominion is going to come through a governmental structure of apostles. Prophets, yes. evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Come on. In other words, he said, because they said, uh, unto you a, a, a son will be born, mm-hmm. and or a, a child will be born, and a son will be given, and the government will rest on his shoulders. Shall be upon his shoulders, right? Come on. So when God. he raised up, he had a government on his shoulders, and he released it back to us, and that governmental structure is the fivefold ministry. Come so, on. The way the body walks in dominion is by having all five doma gifts active in the body of Christ. So now the only way the enemy can rob us of our authority is to snatch our government gifts out. You see? Come on. Wow. Because Ephesians 2 says and Ephesians 3 reiterates that we are built on the foundation, watch, of apostles and prophets. Mm. Now, he didn't say we're built on the foundation of pastors and evangelists or pastors and teachers. He says we're built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. So what are the two main offices the enemy tried to make us feel like don't exist? We can't have operating. We can't have functioning. The apostle and the prophet. That's it. Wow. Because he can rob the body of its kingdom foundation. If he can deceive us that apostles and prophets no longer have a place in the midst of the earth. So over the last season, we've seen the restoration of prophets. And now we're and I'm talking prophets with integrity, prophets who know the word, prophets who are not goofy, prophets who are not prophets who are rooted and grounded in the things of God, who are founded and firm. And I know many of them that are absolutely prolific in the things of the spirit and they're mm-hmm. rooted and they're grounded. Okay. Right. Not right. Goofy and not off. Yeah. Now he's restoring the apostolic in a new generation that is done with religion and is coming back to the fundamentals of the kingdom of God. So he's raising up pioneering people. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a long way of saying those who pioneer, those who break through. And right. really, in my opinion, pastor, the body will not be equipped for the full manifestation of the kingdom until we have apostles and prophets in place to release the word of the Lord, because they are built. Apostles are builders. Yeah. They are architects. They are pioneers. Right. They right. open up regions so that pastors can come in and shepherd the people. Right, so there's apostolic right. shepherding and there's pastoral shepherding, but God is restoring those gifts to the body of Christ. I hope I hope I scratched the surface, man, just a little bit. Scratch the surface, brother. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I should have <laughs> I should have uh, warned the listeners today. Bring your arm floaties. We're going deep. We're going <laughs> you deep, are hilarious. Man. But that's 
That's so, that's so good, man. That's so, so good. Thank you for, for putting on that teaching hat for a little bit and, and showing and telling us the people, the functions and the offices of this. You're exactly right. I got a great friend, uh, consider him a mentor. His name's Chris Brooks. He's been on the show before he's evangelist. He's all over the country preaching and, and he's come into my church and taught and, and preached that, you know, that the fivefold ministry and pastors have not been able to do what they're called to do, which is equipping right. the saints because the That's body right. is not functioning as it should in the apostolic anointing and yes. flowing out into the marketplace. And then when we come together and gather together, we're not able to move on to the mature things. We're come not on, able sir. to get off of the spiritual milk and go to the meat because the body is not functioning like it is supposed to because the That's enemy right. has attacked the governmental structure that yeah. Jesus set in place. I'm like, and and us as the church too, I'm, I'm really trying to figure out what we're doing sometimes because it's like, why would we try to, to uh, dismantle what Jesus established on his way out exactly. with the ascension? Why, I, I, why would you try to dismantle the prophet and the apostle and us not have them be raised up apostles and prophets haven't haven't stepped into what they're supposed to step into because the church ridicules it yeah and they don't want to hear it and they don't want to you know and it's just so so disheartening but thank you brother for um for expounding on that and yep. teaching on that for a second it's so good i don't even want to touch it because i i'd, I'd butcher it what you said <laughs> You killing uh, it. Drop drop dimes, man, on that one. It was incredible. So let's move on real quick to our next discussion question, man. We we're gonna have to have like part two and three. I know, this. man. We're I'm gonna, seeing the time here, bro. We're gonna we're gonna have to get back on, brother, and just really turn you loose some more. But you know, you sit underneath Apostle Ron, who is a kingdom, kingdom guy. I mean, it's man. kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. Yes, sir. and so I want to yes, ask sir. you, what what is the kingdom? What's its Ooh, function? Jesus. And what's it about? How can we as the church be more kingdom-minded people? I'm turning you loose. Go ahead, brother. Oh, man, that's a weighty question, Pastor. And I love this because, you know, it's it's the same thing with what we talked about just a little bit earlier. Sometimes what God has to do is he has to separate you from the bunch to unlearn the stuff that was rooted in you so that he can relearn or reteach or retrain you in something that he designs to be rooted in your spirit. So for me, I love that apostle is a kingdom man, because I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, after that event, when I finally fully came after Christ, remember, he said, seek first the kingdom. I said, what is that? So it was like God literally separated me from everything that I knew. And I went on this four-year journey of deeply excavating the kingdom of God. Mm. And I hadn't heard it preached. I hadn't heard it taught. I hadn't heard anybody really discuss what the kingdom was. But the Bible says the kingdom is like a treasure hidden in a field that a man, when he found it, sold Mm. everything that he had and went and he bought the field. He did not just buy the treasure faster. He bought the field because mm-hmm. the truth of the matter, when we start talking about the kingdom, the kingdom will cost you everything. Yes. The kingdom yeah. never comes to the casual. Right. The kingdom always comes to the seeker. Absolutely. The kingdom only comes to those who are activated by pursuit. The Bible says it is God's glory to conceal a matter 
Yes. But it is the king's glory to seek mm. a matter out. Yeah. So that word king is literally kingdom person. It is a mm. kingdom person's glory to seek a matter out. So God, God will hide something to test your appetite for it, test mm. your hunger for it, test your yearning for it. Come on. So Jesus, they, they would ask Jesus, when you talk about the kingdom, why do you keep talking in parables? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was reading that this morning. Stories. Yeah. And he yeah. said, well, so that when they see it, they don't see it. Mm -hmm. huh? yes. so, so that when they hear it, they don't hear it. What? Mm -hmm. Be because literally, if if you hear the things of the kingdom, that's the main thing the enemy fears. Yeah, absolutely. In the foundational message of the kingdom in uh, the, the parable of the sower, Jesus says the sower sows the word. The word is the kingdom. And if the good soil, as soon as the word is sowed, he said, Satan himself that's right. comes to snatch that thing out of because. He, Must he'll be let important. you have church all day, Pastor. Mm -hmm. He'll let you. He'll let you have what you call revivals all day, right? He'll let you have services all day. But if you get the kingdom, mm. it's over. That's because it. that's the rock that the church is supposed to be built on. That the gates of hell won't prevail. Not prevail against. That's it. Yeah. He can prevail against religion. He can prevail against our five points, our seven point sermonizing. He can prevail mm -hmm. against. It can't prevail against the kingdom. So what is the kingdom? The kingdom, number one, when I'm talking about the kingdom, the kingdom is hidden in the mystery. The yeah. kingdom is a realm of rulership in the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. So when Paul tries to explain it, he says it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. So the kingdom is a realm of rule in the spirit. So Christ is not a religious figure. He is a kingdom figure. In right. fact, then the word Christ literally means anointed king yes. and the king's anointed. Mm. So he says, my body in hell will not be destroyed. This is the psalmist talking. I think right. Psalm 71 about Jesus. Mm. And he says, but a, a, a sacrifice and sin offerings I, you did not desire, but a body you have you prepared have for me, right? Yeah. Mm. So, the, so we are now the body of Christ. So the psalmist, King David, who is a kingdom man, was prophetically seeing that when Jesus shows up, God is going to shape a body with a head on top of it. Now, the Bible calls Christ the head. Right. So he is the headship of this body ship. We are the body of the anointed king, or we are the kingdom under the king Jesus. We are right. the people, the royal priesthood, the kingdom of people under the very royal rulership of Christ. So when Christ comes, you notice Jesus never preached the cross. Jesus preached the kingdom. So a lot of people preach. You're going to get somebody riled up, man. I know, man. We're about to stir it up now, brother. Now, Go listen. ahead, brother. Go ahead. Pa Trust listen, me. Paul said, yeah, 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 yeah. Paul said, I preach Christ and him crucified. So he said the power of the cross, the cross is our boast. It is our boast. Yeah. Why? The cross is our boast because Christ, the king, took off his royal garbs was found in the role of a servant, a humble person. Nobody knew he had no beauty that he might be desired. Right. And the cross was the transition point that be he became sin, 
transition, destroyed the power of sin over our body, went into hell. We just came out of Easter. So this has been preached to everybody around the world, rose from the grave in his full glory and power. So he rose up in his full kingly garbs and everybody, the Bible says he has been given a name that is above every other name. So the cross is the place where the kingdom of God is fully able, watch this, to be established in the spirit of born again people. So when Christ came, he preached, repent for the kingdom is at hand, hand, right? He mm-hmm. said, the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is in reach. The kingdom can be accessed now. He, but he did not say it was in you yet. So he said, you looking for the kingdom. And this is the last conversation he has with a royal figure, political figure. And he says, you know, where is this kingdom going to be? He said, the kingdom does not come by observation. You're not going to say, look here. Hmm. You're not going to say, look there. You're not going to find it if you're looking for it in the natural. He said, the kingdom of God is within you. Why? What he is seeing now is I'm about to go through the cross, suffer what I need to suffer for humanity, destroy the sting of sin, the sting of death, kill all that so that I can send my my spirit that the kingdom is in. So now it's about to get on the inside of my body. So now the kingdom by the spirit is about to be on the inside of you. Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. The fullness of the kingdom dwells inside the born again spirit by the Holy spirit. Yeah. So Jesus said, that's why you can't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And, and he said, that's the one thing I'm not going to be able to help you out of if you blaspheme yeah. the Holy Spirit, because the fullness of the kingdom dwells in the Holy Spirit. Wow. That's yeah. why we are in days where God is heavily emphasizing the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We sing about God. We sing about Jesus, but we barely sing about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He, he's the main person of the Trinity we don't preach about, but he's the only one that's actively in the earth. Only one here. He's the one here. (laughs) He the Bible calls him the governor of the kingdom. He is the governor of the king. So, so but he's the one we don't understand. But that's Mm. why we don't understand the kingdom. So the kingdom is a rule. So I say this. I got. I'll I'll end with this for our time. Sure. I've got a this this kind of structure. I try to say to just give somebody a framework for what the kingdom is. It is it is the full rulership of Jesus. It, it is, it is, watch this now. It is what makes heaven, heaven. Mm. The Bible calls it the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, and mm. it is the kingdom within. But watch this now. If you took kingdom out of heaven, heaven would not be heaven. Mm. What makes heaven, heaven is that Christ rules there. Yes. Yes. His he, this is why he says, when you pray, The first thing you should ask for is thy kingdom come and thy will be done. See, pastor, we don't really know how to pray, man. And that's a whole Mm -hmm. other topic. But thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He said, before you ask for your breakthrough, Mm. the first thing you should summon is the kingdom. Before you ask for your deliverance, the first thing you should summon is the kingdom. Before you get to daily bread. You need to ask for thy kingdom to come. Watch this. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the kingdom is the infrastructure that allows heaven and earth to become the same. Because when Christ is set up in full rulership, wherever he rules becomes like heaven. So this is why he said the kingdom, it's in the Holy Spirit and it starts within you. Why? Because the first place Christ has to set up his leadership is in your life. 
That's right. So That's he right. is not just your savior. He is your Lord. Lord, yes. Right. Yeah. He can't just be your redeemer. He has to be your leader. Yes. You have to, yeah. be, you have to come to a place where you subject and submit yourself to him. So I'll close with these little W's. The kingdom is the world of his ways. The kingdom is the world of his wisdom. The mm. kingdom is the, the world of his will. Okay? Mm. It's the realm where his will is manifest. The kingdom is the world of his works. It's literally the world in which his works are fully established. The kingdom is not a democracy, Pastor. Absolutely not. The kingdom doesn't get votes. The kingdom doesn't, right. you know, you don't have an opinion in the kingdom, bro. Yeah. yeah. Jesus is not up for yeah. election. Nope. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> the Bible says, the Bible says his kingdom is from generation to generation. generation. It's from everlasting to everlasting. Yes. Yeah. That's why I yeah. love what Isaiah says. Isaiah says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. Wow. So natural kings passed, but his kingdom mm. They can be moved out of power. Jesus can't, man. That's come on. That's the kingdom of God. <laughs> come on, man. That's that's so good, Pastor. That's so good, man. Uh, yeah, that, that's a part of our problem in the Western church today. Yeah, we we think that this is a democracy. There, there. Yeah. This is has nothing to do with a democracy. This ain't an election year. You don't have an opinion. <laughs> You're exactly on, right, man. man. This is a kingdom that we are a part of that God has established. And so many people struggle with that because they want it to be a democracy, but yeah. it will never be that. Um, God has already that. established it. Yeah. yeah, we're used to that. That's how we've learned to flow. But God yeah. does not flow that way. God just no. doesn't flow that way. Yeah, yeah, man. We could stay there all day. I know, like man. I said, we're gonna we're we're gonna have to get back on, bro. We're gonna have to get back on and talk some more kingdom and apostolic stuff. But yes, as we're closing out here, I've got two two last questions and. Um, I'll be quick. I'll be yeah, quick. I promise. Yeah, no, no, you're good. Um, <laughs> I, I want because I want to I want you to share this because I want us as the body functioning as we're supposed to function. The body of Christ is listening to this show. Right. Mm -hmm. And and you're operating in that apostolic anointing. You are overseeing pastors and churches in the redemption fellowship. And I just want to hear from you. What are you hearing from pastors in the season that we're in and the season that we're coming out of? I mean, we've just walked through the craziest two years oh my God, uh, of, man. that anybody could have walked through that any of us in our generation. I've talked to older folks that, you know, living through World War Two and stuff. And they're like, I've never seen anything like this on the, That's the, the truth. world, you know, and so um, we're coming out of that season. Um, you talk to you minister to you lift up leaders all over the country. And so. You know, what are you hearing from pastors and how can we as the body of Christ lift the lift our leaders up? That is so good, man. That is so phenomenal. Uh, I think about what Paul said. He said, I, I am going to be delivered. He's in chains. He's in Philippi. Mm. He's got the Macedonian call, right? The Lord literally gives him a vision and says, hey, come preach to us. He shows up and he preaches and hardly anybody receives it in the beginning and he gets put in prison, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you get this call to come preach to this big city and mm. your fruit is prison. So, <laughs> so you, you get put in prison. And so he writes to the Philippian church later in his life, of course, because God gave significant breakthrough. The jail uh, begins to shake. The prison doors begin to open because as they pray at midnight, right. but but watch this now. He says this in, in Philippians that's so powerful. He says, I know that I'll be delivered from these chains by your prayers wow. and the supply of the Spirit of Christ. So 
he didn't just say, I'm going to be delivered because of the spirit. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm going to be delivered because of your prayers. Yes. We, we can never undercut the power of the body praying. Yes. When we yes. think about Peter getting set free in the book of Acts from prison, when the angel shows up and hits him on his side and all of a sudden he's let go from prison. Well, the Bible tells us why is because they were praying in the house of God, mm. the people of God were praying. Come so on. before I share what, what pastors are dealing with, I do want to under, uh, really under support and, 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 oh, and emphasize, and we can't overemphasize the power of your prayers for your pastor. Yeah. Your prayers bring deliverance when they feel change. Your prayers set them free when it doesn't look like there's hope for the expansion of their ministry. Uh, what we've gone through in this last season, Pastor, is mm. incredible. We had churches mm. shut down. We had churches yeah. never open. We had churches who had to learn how to do things technologically that, right. that maybe they never thought they had to. Mm. Uh, we had churches who had to go for a year plus preaching to a camera instead mm. of a building full of wow. actual people. Right, right. And unless you do that, you don't, you don't understand how different that is, how hard mm-hmm. that is because five fold ministry gives for the most part, by and large, who walk in the really nature of Christ, they love people. You mm. have a heart for God's people. That's the fundamental of why you know, you not only serve God, but you serve people. And so to go for a year plus in some localities Mm -hmm. and regions where you could not be around people, you couldn't check on folks in person, that's Mm -hmm. demoralizing. That's difficult. You have no idea how it's being received, right? Mm -hmm. One of the shepherd's primary jobs is to protect the sheep. It's hard Mm -hmm. to build a hedge around a flock you can't see. Right. It's hard to build a hedge around the people you can no longer gather. So thank God that Mm -hmm. we're in places where that has shifted. But Mm -hmm. lots of pastors, I'll tell you what it did. It awakened a hunger for the move of the spirit beyond our programs, Um, beyond our set lists, beyond our schedules and our itineraries, beyond our plans. It it built up re in. Honestly, you may see this in your own church. It reignited and reinvigorated a passion for the move of the Spirit. Yes. Uh, what God does before he pours out new wine is he removes old wineskins. So God has to challenge our old structures before he can pour out his new spirit. That's so good. before he pours out a new measure of this, he's got to close off, end, rip, rend, tear mm. the old thing that we've been functioning in. So what yeah. the pandemic allowed us to do and allow God to do was get his hand on some of this religious structuring that mm-hmm. we called church, but wasn't really church, was mm-hmm. just a facility of our services or facilitation of our services. Mm-hmm. Move it out of the way and now have the room for the spirit of God to walk and to move and to function. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of pastors, just like people, have felt isolated have felt as if their impact is uh, has been stopped and thwarted. I'll be honest, there's churches that started in the midst of pandemic that God has blessed. There's churches that ended in the midst of pandemic and pastors are still being called into places, but trying to figure out how they fit uh, mm. in this new season of their life. So when we start talking about praying for pastors, I'm going to tell you, begin to pray the clarity of the spirit into their heavenly vision. 
begin to ask God to keep their eyes open, begin Mm. to ask God to stir them for what his plans are in their local ministry and in their regions. Because even churches and pastors that have historically been more traditional have been shaken to such a point that they're open to what God might do. And, And revival is preceded by intercession. Yes. So we need somebody who can pray, right? Mm -hmm. So stand in the gap and begin to pray. Pray for their peace, right? Pray for their mind. Pray that they would be kept. Pray for their marriages and their families. Uh, This is funny, uh, but a lot of people who said, man, I wish I had more time with my family. Well, the pandemic gave that to you. And what that did is, in some cases, exposed gaps, or yeah. lack in relationships and in the right. fabric of connection. So pray for right. families because they're still under attack. Pray for their courage and their boldness. Uh, and then begin to just pray that God would send a resurgence, yeah. gather his people back into the house yeah. and stir them to do what God is calling them to do. Yeah, We've heard yeah. so many stories, pastor, so many things. Yeah, And yeah. Uh, pastors could use your prayers right now. That's so good. That's so good, pastor. Thank you for sharing that. We need to do that body of Christ. Uh, we need to be praying, lifting up these brothers um, yeah. and the spirit of God having the liberty to move. Me and Apostle talked about that while he was on the show. We've yeah. got a generation of churches and people who have put the Holy Ghost on a shelf because it yes, wasn't sir. good for church growth. And those days are done. I believe God really used COVID to wreck that whole mentality oh, and mindset. Goodness. I agree. Because it is going to take the Holy Spirit Yes, have liberty to move in services. And what's really sad about that, I even talked about a little bit at my church Sunday while preaching, but it's like, how in the world, these are Pentecostal spirit filled people that have tried to put the Holy Ghost on this shelf in the name of butts in the seats. And what, what we have is butts in the seat, but our world is going to hell around us. The country is just in a, and has been in a downward spiral um, for a while over that. And we have more people in church than we've ever had. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. I could go there. I could stay there. We got to close with this uh, last question and pray, but <laughs> I want to hear from you real quick. Uh, pastor recovery in the church. Oh, yes. What, what can we do? What do we have to do? Like do yeah. these people, they, they have a place. I know you believe that in yes. the church because, because they're the lost. Uh, yeah. That's, that's simply to make it simple, but but what is our role as the church to help people with addictions and, and get them to a place of recovery, healing, and redemption is really yep. what it boils down to. Man, you guys are pioneering this in such a way. Let me just give a quick shout out to you, Pastor Caleb, and those who are on this podcast mm-hmm. know this already. But you guys are at the tip of the spear. A lot of times, and this is this kind of ties back to what we just talked about. Uh, sadly, in the Western church, especially because uh, one of the reasons is I don't think the church has been under the type of persecution that we saw biblically and that we even see in the other nations of the world. If you travel at all, uh, the conditions are just different. Um, but one of the things that that does is it does it takes us off the cutting edge. And instead, we become conditioned to follow trends mm. instead of set the trend by being the tip of the spear. So Mm -hmm. a lot of these Pentecostal preachers and pastors that moved over to a model that was more appeasing to the people, it was the trend. Mm -hmm. And so sadly, but thankfully, and like Paul said, either way, let Christ be preached, no matter the motive. 
uh, as the pendulum swings back and the spirit of God starts to move in might and wonder and power, you're going to see those folks come right back with it because yeah. it's the trend. Yeah. So they follow it instead of setting it as it relates to uh, this particular question. It's the same thing. You guys are not following a trend. Your apostolic and kingdom in your impetus, you're setting the trend. Come on. You're man. saying this is unreached but still required. So mm -hmm. I'm going to bear the responsibility to minister to it even when it's unpopular. Mm -hmm. And that is what God is going to honor. So quick shout out to y'all because it might not be trendy, but it is kingdom. Yes. And God is setting captives free. And I think that is the entire role of the church the Absolutely. anointing comes to destroy the yoke come on come on come on now. pastor to destroy the yoke and lift the burden if yeah. you don't if you're not around anybody yoked or burdened you can't validate your anointing you're not anointed because you can articulate you're not anointed because you can preach you're not come anointed on. because people applaud you you're come anointed on. when yokes are destroyed and bondages are broken yeah, yeah, so people yeah. who are afraid to step into circles where real human lives mm -hmm. live ain't really anointed to be honest now come i'm on. not saying everybody's called to do everything sure. but the anointing is attracted to the broken Mm -hmm. The anointing is attracted to those who need ministry. The church's yeah. role is primary and pivotal because at the end of it all, whatever the addiction, whatever the oppression, whatever the bondage, whatever the cord, it is number one, a spiritual issue. Yes. It is number one, a yep. spiritual issue. Yep. No matter how you slice it, it is a spiritual issue. Mm -hmm. You can look at it from the angle that it is God's will that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Right. The right. enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So any item the enemy can use to rob from you, to mm. kill you, your anointing, your gift, your destiny, your future, your sense of hope, your sense of identity, he's going to kill it. And he'll yeah. use pharmacia, he'll use drugs, mm. he'll use all kinds of things to kill it. But anytime right. there is an agency of destruction that comes into a, a populace and humanity, it is the enemy behind it. The enemy is driving the destruction. It's a spiritual issue. Absolutely. Uh, or even if you look at the fact that most folks who come to substance abuse are trying to fill some void, void yeah. in their mm. heart or in their life that God could feel, and truth of the matter is, only God can feel. And feel the well it, yeah. is deep. He's the only one. And yeah. so we try to seek this in, in all honesty. A lot of times, they are outlets for a spiritual and soulish yearning. So there is some kind of ecstasy. There is some kind of extraterrestrial experience. There is some kind of elevated consciousness that yeah. these things bring me to that I couldn't find Watch this. Here's the church's role because nobody was demonstrating it. Wow. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is if the church would put the Holy Spirit at the center of all that it does and allow him to work miracle signs and wonders, the world would not have to wonder where to get it from. That when we set the tone for the supernatural, you don't mm. have to get it in a pill. You yeah, can get it yeah. in your relationship with God. That's you can it. get it in your That's connection it. with Christ. So yeah. here, here's my, let me get practical for just 30 seconds here. 
for churches and pastors and ministers that might be listening that might say, man, I don't have that testimony. I don't have that story mm-hmm. uh, right now. I don't have, I don't know what to do. Uh, mm-hmm. If you don't feel a particular call in it, you still have a role to help set captives. For right. Number two, there's somebody in your region you can partner with. Okay? There's it. somebody like Pastor Caleb. There's somebody who is doing this. There's somebody mm-hmm. around the world who is burdened for this, who is graced for this partner with them. That's what right. the body is supposed to do. Absolutely. To have all the members connected and jointly provided for. So partner with them. So into them, send help to them. Let your teams do local missions right. and go right. serve with these groups. Uh, because the truth of the matter is those who have stepped into bring deliverance to these areas, Pastor Caleb, you know mm-hmm. this way better than me, are oftentimes underserved, undersupported and need help. So for you pastor who might be listening, for you minister who might be listening and saying, Pastor Dwayne, I love it, but I I don't particularly know what to do next. Well, find somebody who's doing it well and help them do it better. That is it. That's it, man. That's, that's such a good word. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. You know, and, and I, you, you broke it down perfectly about what our role is, the addiction being a spiritual issue. These are the broken individuals that the anointing that us as apostolic people need to be addressing. And I want to say this as we as we yes. close it out to touch into what you were saying there. I mean, so many I, I hear them, so many preachers, so many pastors we're contending for revival. We're contending for lost souls. We're contending you know, for, for this harvest, this great harvest to come and we send seed across the globe. That's I'm not, right, I'm not, I'm not downing. I support missionaries across the globe. I've got yes, ministries sir. that our church supports yeah. across the globe, but I would never send seed across the globe. If I'm not putting seed in my own backyard, come on. we, yes, we sir. want the harvest, but we don't sow into our own region, you know, and Jesus says, start in Jerusalem. Come on, sir. He says, start in Jerusalem. So us as the church, when it comes to these folks in recovery, uh, we're called to help them. We're not better than them. You know, I've, I mean, you've been talking about this a little bit. It's been, yes, been a battle down here where I'm at with some of the things and people in political positions and powerful positions and yeah. they're believers. But mm. we as the body of Christ, we've got to come together and uh, we've got to help these individuals. The, these are the people that need to hear the gospel, right? Yeah. We all need to hear the gospel. But yeah. my goodness, somebody that's mixed up in spiritual problems and uh, witchcraft and sorcery and all these things that is destroying their life. My goodness, don't they deserve to hear the gospel too? And whether they've been serving God for 30 days or 30 years, like some other people, they still get the same salvation, Uh, that Jesus gave to them on that faithful day. They said yes to the Lord. Pastor Dwayne, man, thank you so much for coming on today. Man, what an incredible man of God. Um, And we're just thankful for you, thankful for your heart, thankful for your heart for the kingdom, God's people. We honor you, man. I'm just uh, so thankful for you. Folks, we're going to have Pastor Dwayne back on because we we're going to we we're going to have to dive into those topics even deeper or uh get some yes, new ones. I just I just want to turn them loose. So, uh it's it's coming more is coming. Pastor Dwayne, thank you so much uh Absolutely. for joining us today to all of our listeners and supporters. We thank you for tuning in to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. Thank you for your support. If you want to support this ministry, this podcast, you can go to be the bushministries.com. 
donate there. Keep us on the air uh, with Charisma Podcast Network, where we can reach the nations uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not settling for Tennessee. We're not settling for the Southeast. We're not settling for the country of America. We want the globe. Come on. And uh, we want to be sent to the nation. So thank you for supporting. Thank you for listening. Pastor Dwayne, thank you for coming on. And we Absolutely. Will, yes, we will have you back on. And uh, to all of our listeners, we'll tune in next week. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.